from KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. Police killings of black people have sparked nationwide calls this year for more independent oversight of police departments. In the Bay Area alone, at least five ballot measures seek to strengthen or expand the power of police commissions, independent investigations, and other oversight. And in this segment, we'll review what's being proposed. Joining us is KQED reporter Alex Emsley. Welcome, Alex. Hi there. Hi. Good to have you with us. Uh, let's begin by talking about, well, the fact that uh, we're not moving toward defunding police, except maybe in one or two of these measures, but more police reform and creating, and as I said, fortifying civilian uh, oversight boards. And much of this, of course, was sparked by the catalyst of seeking racial justice in the, ways of, in the wake of police killings. I wonder what you think of these five measures, what rises particularly to the top and what uh, has been getting deservedly the most attention or should have the most attention? Well, it's interesting, you know, defunding police and whether a particular measure in Sonoma County would or would not do that is is part of the controversy around one of these measures that would strengthen um, independent civilian oversight. Um, Sonoma County Measure P would change the powers of the Independent Office of Law Enforcement Review and Outreach. That office was created um, in the years following the 2013 uh, killing of 13-year-old Andy Lopez. But Measure P supporters say that it was underfunded and relied on the voluntary cooperation of the sheriff to allow for access and really meaningful oversight. There's an important and extremely concerning case that has just sort of stalled in Sonoma County and is now um, with the Sonoma County District Attorney. And that is that last November, former Deputy Charles Blount was caught on body camera video violently slamming the head of a man into a car door frame. Uh, that man's name was David Glenn Ward, um, who died after this altercation. Um, Charles Blount also <clears throat> attempted to put Ward in a, in a neck hold through the driver's side window of, of Ward's car. And forgive me, Alex, David Ward was indeed disabled, wasn't he? Yes, yes, he had some, some medical issues, and there was a struggle. There was a struggle. There was also a car chase um, that sort of preceded this stop. Um, but there was a struggle between uh, particularly Blount and David Ward um, as he's trying to pull um, Ward out of the driver's side window of his car. Now, I've spent the past decade um, investigating police use of force cases, and I have to say that this case and the video from this case is the most disturbing that I've ever seen. I don't recommend that people watch this video. The sheriff did make it public um, in December of last year, about a month after the incident, as he simultaneously said he was moving to fire Charles Blount. I think it's important for people to know what this video shows, though, and what happened next. Blount retired uh, before he was officially fired or, or disciplined. He's presumably collecting a pension. A cr and this criminal investigation <clears throat> took several months um, to be conducted and completed by the Santa Rosa Police Department. The public hasn't seen any of their findings. Uh, they have presented those to the DA's office, which has now um, not made a charging decision for four months. Compare that to how quickly we've seen criminal charges in other cases around the, around the country. You mentioned um, the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Charges were filed, initial charges were filed in that case four days after George Floyd's death. Um, but in Sonoma County, the DA um, has waited for several months. What's more, Charles Blount had a history of misusing neck holds, carotid holds, choke holds. Um, his conduct could and should have been addressed if there was adequate accountability for, for deputies. That's according to supporters of Measure P. 
Jerry Threet is the founding director of this uh, oversight office uh, called Ilero for short. He retired in 2019. With a more robust Ilero that has the ability and the authority to look more closely into these issues and have direct access into their personnel system, the director can look through these matters. So if something comes up with a deputy, she'll be able to go back to all the other cases that that deputy was involved in that have been in and investigated and also go back to look at all of his uses of force to see what's going on with this deputy and is this someone who needs to be flagged for greater attention and if you're able to do that you can bring that attention to that deputy and prevent the future deaths of other folks now uh, uh, Threet um, says that the sheriff has a contentious relationship with Iolero as soon as the office started um, um, being critical the sheriff and the deputies union oppose this measure, and they're arguing that it would um, um, defund the sheriff. Supporters of Measure P uh, uh, say that that's misleading. What's true, what the ballot measure actually says, is that it would tie um, the independent oversight office's budget to the sheriff's budget and, and say that it has to be 1% of the overall sheriff's budget. But that funding uh, does now and continues to come from the general fund and in no way directly affects uh, uh, the sheriff's budget. Now, how does this uh, connect or does it connect to what's going on in Oakland with the firing of Chief uh, Ann Kirkpatrick, which uh, also uh, became and still is a major issue with respect to the police commission there? I, I think it's similar in that this involves independent oversight bodies and sort of either exercising their strength or seeking to have more authority in order to to exercise it, right? Um, Oakland measure, it's a S1, um, touches on several aspects of oversight of the Oakland Police Department, including um, powers of the police commission and would create a new and separate from the police department office of the inspector general. Um, that office of the inspector general, for people who have watched um, OPD for a long time uh, would know that there is a lot of complicated um, issues around uh, internal investigations in the Oakland Police Department and federal court oversight that's uh, been going on for well over a decade um, of, of the Oakland Police Department. And this uh, inspector general would help and report to the police commission auditing of those issues. Um, it changes timelines for how quickly uh, police misconduct cases should be sort of finally adjudicated by an investigating agency and, and, and makes the sort of the determination of discipline in those cases when they're serious cases that are also applicable. Um, they can be released to the public under new transparency laws. It, it, it makes that timing uh, much quicker. These decisions have to be made faster. Um, and it would allow the police commission to hire independent attorneys. I think that gets into some of this idea that there are parts of Oakland government that are in um, disagreement over these issues. And you saw that play out with the police commission moving um, with the eventual support of the mayor to fire uh, former uh, police chief Ann Kirkpatrick related in part to her um, position on compliance with this federal court oversight. So I think all these things, yes, they're, they're complicated and they're interrelated. But what Measure S1 would do is generally strengthen the independent oversight, civilian oversight of the police department through these couple of different uh, mechanisms. And hiring its own lawyers separate from the city attorney's office is, is a big deal when you think about it in the huge picture that we're talking about. And we're talking about 
a number of police reform ballot measures with KQED reporter Alex Emsley. And if you have questions about any of these reform measures or some thoughts about them, you can give us a call. I invite you to do that. Our toll-free number is available to you. It's 866-733-6786. I'll repeat that for your calls. Join us now at 866-733-6786. And you can also, of course, get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. If you have questions or comments, we're at KQED Forum or email any questions you may have to forum at kqed.org. Can we talk uh, about D&E in San Francisco, Alex? Oh, absolutely. Um, so so these are these are different measures involving different law enforcement uh, agencies, but um, both uh, centered in San Francisco. So uh, uh, D deals with the uh, sheriff's department. It's interesting. San Francisco has um, what's known in sort of civilian oversight uh, uh, circles, I guess, as one of the oldest and one of the sort of the strongest um, independent oversight police commissions for the San Francisco Police Department, um, you know, any, anywhere around, anywhere in the state. Um, but the sheriff's department, which has, you know, also uh, employs uh, peace officers, uh, sheriff's deputies, um, um, doesn't have any sort of similar oversight system. And, and this measure, um, just to somewhat overgeneralize in a way, would, would, would change that, would create a similar type system um, for the sheriff's department. Um, we, I, I know that the, the sheriff uh, opposes at least a part of this measure, um, saying that uh, the um, independent investigation wing of, of, of the police commission really is how I think of it. The Department of Police Accountability is already conducting independent investigations. And so that this would be redundant and uh, expensive and create additional um, um, headache. The other part uh, role that these new offices um, a, a oversight board and a office of inspector general would do if San Francisco Prop D passes is um, an auditing and a, and a policy recommendation function, which uh, the current sheriff does support. Um, interestingly, um, sort of connected to uh, these other measures around the Bay Area, we're seeing an increase in these independent oversight bodies um, explicitly saying that they have subpoena power. And, and that would be true um, if, if Proposition D in San Francisco passes as well, that this independent oversight would have the power to subpoena records uh, to force the production of witnesses. Um, and now kind of shifting gears somewhat uh, uh, quickly here to San Francisco Proposition E. This has to do with a minimum staffing uh, a number for full-duty sworn police officers in the SFPD. That sounds like a ma- mouthful, but all of those terms kind of mean very specific things. This, it goes back to the 1990s, and this somewhat cryptic, uh, I've never myself pinned down exactly the origin of the number of 1971 um, full, Those are duty, full duty officers. Full duty officers, and that the city sh- sh- will be, would be in violation of its own charter if that if they were uh, uh, employing fewer of those officers at any time. I had uh, that's an enigmatic to me too. Where did they come up with that number? Well, you know, I, I haven't fact checked it about it yet. There's a rumor that I've heard that it was uh, a number that was randomly written on the back of a bar napkin, but I, I don't know. <laughs> there may be a, a much more um, sort of thought out and legitimate reason for it. I don't know. But at this time, and what uh, proponents of this measure say is that it's an ar- it's become arbitrary, whether it had a, 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 re- a you know, a legitimate um, sort of 
reason for that number in the past. It's no longer true. And they want to tie, they want to eliminate that sort of mandate and just say the police department will you know, provide uh, a staffing analysis, staffing reports, which they do a lot anyway, trying to see if the city is in compliance with this and whether there should be more than 1,971 officers. But I think the takeaway is this would allow <clears throat> city leaders, including the mayor and the police chief and supervisors and police commission and others, to employ fewer full-duty officers, which they can't do now. Um, and I think it fits in with some of the reforms uh, that the mayor and the police chief have have um, started to push forward after the death of George Floyd and after uprisings around the country to divert um, responses to mental, mental health and, and some other types of calls away from the police department. So this is, this is um, I think this measure is part of that effort. The uh, Police Officers Association in San Francisco certainly opposes this uh, measure, says that the city has not consistently um, met that minimum mandate and that uh, the police department is understaffed and, and more police officers are needed. And we should mention, uh, as far as the, uh, uh, the sheriff, Paul Miyamoto, is opposed to that. Uh, could you say something quickly? Um, <laughs> about the Berkeley measure, because I found that kind of fascinating in many respects uh, in the sense that uh, it's going to also establish a new nine-member independent police accountability board with uh, with greater authority. It would actually lower the standard of proof uh, on police misconduct. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 um, I noticed that too. Um, and adding to this uh, potential confusion around this is that Berkeley ha has an existing um, police review commission that has also, you know, been around for, for quite some time. Um, but it is one that doesn't have the same kind of powers as some of these stronger, I guess, models, um, um, like, like the San Francisco model. So yeah, sort of my broad strokes read of this is this moves Berkeley from that weaker review commission model over the course of a couple of years. I also found it was interesting that this, um, this new police accountability board contemplated here, nine-member nine board um, um, with some direct uh, power, subpoena power, auditing power, um, wouldn't be in place or, or needs to be in place by early 2022. Um, and, and in the interim, the Police Review Commission would continue to to sort of function and create a transition should Berkeley measure um, II or two pass. Um, well, that means increased staffing, which means more cost. Uh, what about the other measures? Is there going to be cost with those, the ones we've covered so far? Uh, yes, I think, I mean, yes, there is. There is cost. So we jumping back to Sonoma Measure P, I mean, obviously, the a lot of the sort of very contentious um, political debate around that is around an increase of funding to uh, the Independent Oversight Office. Um, it has been, now again, the supporters say it was always significantly underfunded from what it was initially conceived to, to be and for the duties that it had. This measure, while increasing those authorities and duties, would also um, increase, it depends on the, the, the ballot measure using an older budget estimates that it would triple this office's funding into um, more than, you know, close to $2 million. Um, a more recent budget uh, would say that basically that it would be an increase of half a million dollars. Regardless, the contention comes um, with that tie-in 
to um, basically base it off of what the sheriff's the, the sheriff's overall budget is. And and I should say that that is likely a, a portion of this measure that will be challenged with um, litigation should it pass. Um, all, all sort of all parties are expecting um, litigation over Sonoma County County Measure P should it pass. And it would likely be challenging this um, idea of a, a mandated minimum funding for the um, civilian uh, oversight body. Well, thanks to you, Alex. Uh, we've done a lot, of, I think, in helping listeners understand in our election coverage uh, these measures, and we've covered the North Bay and East Bay uh, and uh, the measures actually uh, in San Francisco. But uh, with very little time left, I wonder if you could say something about San Jose and Santa Clara, because they've got Measure G, which would expand police auditors' oversight and review officers involved in shootings and use of force incidents that would result presumably in great bodily injury. Yeah, this looks to me like similar to a change that um, San Francisco made a, a few years ago that people may remember. Um, prior to that change, the the civilian uh, investigation wing couldn't initiate an investigation if there was an officer, uh, if there was a police killing or shooting or any other kind of very public and very concerning type of case unless they received a complaint. So... Um, San Jose's Measure G is sort of allowing the independent police office auditor there to um, sort of proactively initiate investigations in, in, in those kinds of serious cases. And again, giving more power, more um, automatic access to records and evidence and um, sort of internal and largely secret records uh, of the police department as these investigations are being conducted. Um, that is, you know, there, there's controversy um, in San Jose as well around the role of the independent police auditor and, and previous, uh, you know, more proactive directors of that office trying to uh, proactively um, investigate or at least be involved in investigations or have opinions of investigations of, of police shootings. Well, Alex, again, I thank you for all the light you've shed. And uh, now it's up to the voters. Appreciate very much your being with us this morning on Forum. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Uh, and uh, we will um, actually have to say goodbye to you in hopes that you will have a good weekend. I just want to remind you that we'll be preempted uh, next week for at least a couple of days, probably the first uh, four weekdays because of the hearings, the confirmation hearings uh, having to do uh, with the Supreme Court. But we're here with you generally Monday through Friday, 9 to 11, and another hour of Forum up ahead with Bina Kim. And I thank you for being a part of this first hour of Forum. And remind you that Forum is produced by Judy Campbell, Tina Lauerberg, Ariana Prell, Blanca Torres, and Susan Britton. Senior editor is Dan Zoll, and our engineer is Danny Bringer. Intern, Jamison Weiss. Executive editor, Ethan Toven Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. Thank you again for being with us, and for all of us here at KQED Public Radio, take care of yourselves and take care of those you care about, and take care of each other. And stay safe. I'm Michael Krasny. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation.